0: Welcome into another episode of the 5-Foot-Nothing, 100-Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am 5-Foot-Nothing, 100-Nothing. All right, I've got quite a bit I want to cover today. Hopefully, I don't talk too long, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, I want to talk about the new overtime rules a little bit. I'm going to spend quite a bit of time on college football playoff expansion And why it's a good idea to an extent. And then we're going to close it out with Notre Dame Spring Game. Because this is a Notre Dame podcast. But I do love college football. I want to talk about college football. So, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Before I get going. You guys know the deal. Watch me for the changes. And try to keep up. I really do try to keep up. I might be talking fast. I'm going to go, 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 go. Because I feel like I have a lot. I've wrote down a lot of notes. But I don't want to spend all day here. Because you guys probably don't want to listen to me for more than 40 minutes at a time. But So the college football decided to change their overtime rules going forward. Now I saw a lot of things on social media about Thoughts and feelings on the idea. Most seem to agree that it was kinda dumb to change the rules. There was really nothing well, there were a lot of things wrong with the rules, but as they were, there was nothing wrong with them that the changes they made were I they're pointless. They're silly. They don't make any sense. Like I I don't get it. It's it's just a a modification. But it's the same thing. It's like if your car doesn't run properly and you change the tires. Well, it's an engine problem, not a tire problem. So instead of having the go start from the 25 for overtime. And then I believe it was in the third overtime, you had to go for two. And that if you scored a touchdown and then in the fifth overtime, it became like a shootout. You just go for two-point conversions. I don't think we even got to that point since they implemented that rule. But now, it's you must go for two in the second overtime if you score a touchdown. But then if it gets to a third overtime, it's just a shootout of two-point conversions. It's a shootout. It's like penalty kicks. It's like hockey shootout. It doesn't make any sense. That's not football. That's not what got you into overtime. that You didn't all line up from the what the two and a half three yard line and run plays. That's not it at all. If you're going to change overtime, change it. Don't just put some new paint on it and say, "Oh well look, we changed it. No, you didn't. It's the same thing. What they need to do is make it be actual football. I think the NFL's got it right. Um, they basically play football, each get a chance, let's go, see what happens. I don't like that games can end in the tie. That part of it's a little, you know, uh, I'd say unfair, but just nobody wants a tie. That's not fun. What I think they should do, and I've seen a lot of people talk about this in the past and recently, is the the only way to get football is to start from a position on the field where you can't lose yards and score points. Because starting from the 25, if you have a good field goal kicker, which a lot of these D1 teams do now, they've got kids who can kick the football, you can lose four, five, six yards and still kick a field goal. That's that's ridiculous. You set the ball down before a play is ever run, you have a 42-yard field goal. As long as you lose less than six, seven yards, most kickers at the D1 level can make, I'm not saying it's not a guarantee, obviously, but they have the leg to get the ball that far. Why not start them from the 50, where you actually have to move the ball 20 yards before you can consider, a fi- you have to at least get a first down. That's, I, that's it. Like If you're going to change overtime, change it and make it more like real football. Not who has the best field goal kicker. If you're going to that's if you're going to do two-point conversion shootouts, screw it. Just line up for 40-yard field goals. Whoever makes the most. Like that's effective what you do now. So I, I don't get what they're trying to do with this overtime rule change. It makes zero sense to me. It's silly. It's preposterous. Uh, if they want to change it, they need to put it to where you actually have to play football run a play, actually get a first down, and then you can be in field goal range. Now, the counterpoint to that is, well, depending on the two teams, are they going to be able to move the ball into field goal range, or are we just going to watch two teams flip-flop back and forth, moving the ball from the 50 to nowhere? I don't know. But I can tell you if it's set up the way it is, they're obviously not going to punt. So you're going for it on every fourth down. I think it make it more exciting. Because in the current system, fourth down, okay, field goal. At least the the first set of downs, fourth down, should have come up, you're going for it. It's going to be pr- probably a pretty exciting play. Uh, and, yeah, okay, it might go a couple overtimes, couple back and forth before. But then it almost becomes a sudden death situation in the sense of we got to move the ball. We're not just gifted three points which is what it is, uh, for the most part. I realize teams can miss. Like, I think, was it overtime when Rutgers missed against Michigan this past season? But I don't know. I'm curious to know what you guys think. You know, hit me up on Twitter, at 5 pod. I don't understand the overtime rules in terms of why they made this change. If you're going to change, change. Don't just rewrap the same package. So that's one thing college football did. Now, something they talked about is this college football playoff expansion. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time here because I am a proponent of college football playoff expansion, but with a very specific number in mind. Um, currently, everybody knows there's four spots, and it's an invitational. We I think we can all admit that. And that's part of what I'm gonna be talking about here. It's not a playoff. It's an invitational. If you're special enough, if you're got the brand recognition and you've had a pretty decent season. It's well, not decent. A, a very above average, very well season, you're gonna get in. And that's why we see the same teams keep being recycled. And I'm telling you, no Notre Dame, you can say oh well Notre Dame gets that no we we went undefeated twice that's how we got in and I'm sorry if you go undefeated at the D1 level you should get an opportunity it's that plain and simple um, and just so happened in both instances we played a pretty damn good team you might say <laughs> but there does need to be expansion because what's happening is the regular season is becoming its own eliminator, which that puts a lot of pressure on the regular season. I get that. That's cool. That makes every game matter, every game count. I I'm in favor of that angle of it. The problem is when you look through and you got teams that and I'm gonna go through the details, but teams that are ending the season with one loss, some of which aren't even bad losses. They just they lost the game. So then therefore they don't even get a chance. Like, and what ends up happening is the teams that keep making it keep getting the better recruits because the teams, like the players, the kids are like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the team that keeps going to the playoff, and then they keep stacking the deck, and you get the same teams. And currently, it's clearly Alabama and Clemson, and then right behind them is Ohio State. Now, Oklahoma's made the next most playoffs. But they, they keep uh, laying an egg when when that time comes. But it's the same three teams or really the same two teams that just keep stacking the deck and stacking the deck. And all these kids are like, well, I'm just going to keep going there because they're the ones that get the chances. And, I mean, just imagine if some of these teams, again, I'll go into specifics, but if like Baylor or TCU, um, you know, I'll throw UCF in there. Wisconsin, they all these teams have been so close and imagine what getting the opportunity could have done for their recruiting, for their brand recognition, brand awareness. Uh, and all because they're not the big name and they lost one game, all of a sudden they're They're on the outside looking in. And then if you happen to lose one game, but the way it works out, you don't qualify for the championship game in your conference, therefore you don't even get a sniff, which I understand it from a practical standpoint. Well, these two teams are good enough to make the championship game. You were the odd man out, so you shouldn't even get a chance. Well, that's why the system needs some expansion because – it there multiple teams in the uh, let's say the NFL? Obviously, it's a clear playoff system. It's very different. I get it, but multiple teams from the same division can go to the playoffs. That's okay. So, I I am very much in favor of the expansion. So, what was proposed? And I'll, now I'm going to get into all what was proposed and why i have set on a number, and why I think that's the right number. What was proposed was the six, eight, ten, twelve, or sixteen. That's a ton of options. Ton, and uh, the six. Yeah, that would be. The uh, well, five and six always have an argument. You need to get five uh, a fifth and sixth team in there, and that, that's true. I mean, uh, that might be the the next step, the simplest expansion if they do it temporarily till they come with a concrete solution or otherwise. But <clears throat> I'm not big on the six. I just think too many times there's Team 7 and 8, well, for one, balance. You know, 1 through 8, 8 plays 1, 2 plays 7, and so on. That just makes more sense to me. Uh, but I also think, again, if you do 6, two teams are going to get a bye, 1 and 2. And it's probably going to be Alabama and Clemson. And I, I say that like it's a foregone conclusion, but it feels that way. It feels that way, doesn't it? And you're going to continue to stack the deck. You're giving them a free pass. And, of course, kids are going to want to go to this team that every, every year we get to sit out a week and recover and get healthy and watch. And that's another version of stacking the deck. Because if one and two don't have to play, and three is playing six and four is playing five, they're going to beat each other up or just, they're going to play another game. And you're sitting there resting up and everything. It's like the NFL getting a bye. And again, NFL is just a little bit different. You don't get to choose where you go in the once you come out of college to the NFL where from high school to college you get to choose. And the same two, three teams are going to be – at the top every year. And and I feel like I'm being redundant. I I said it. I think this is episode number 14. I think I've said it on every episode to this point. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Those names are going to continue and continue to be there if the system is set up for them to be on the top. You're not going to get any parity. You're going to get the same old, same old. And... That, that's what we're missing. We're missing the parity. That's crazy. So six, I don't like. Then you look at eight. Okay. And again, you have to factor in, like, okay, well, how competitive are five and six going to be in team seven and eight and nine and ten and all up to 16? You know, so I you look at the eight-team playoff. Everybody's playing, Every you know, nobody gets a bye. Nobody gets any freebies. You know, you got – and it'll help with bowls collecting money They get more, more playoff games. It's, it's a money thing. We all know that. But that'll be good. But you factor in, you look at, as the years go on, teams 7 and 8, a lot of times, had a very solid argument as to why they should be included. Um, in fact, the 2015 playoff, you could argue that Ohio State, was the best team? Like that could very easily be argued. They were eleven and one. They didn't have a championship game because their one loss was to Michigan State, and they Michigan State got the nod. But then they, we all remember it. They beat the shit out of Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Now, was Notre Dame? Ranked out of place? I don't believe so. I went over that. Notre Dame is not overrated, <laughs> but eleven and one just because they didn't play in a championship game, they should have easily been an at-large team. They were. Uh, they didn't fit in the top four. I will. I'm going to admit that they didn't fit in the top four, just based on they lost. They didn't go to the championship game. The team they lost to did win the Big Ten. It. Yes, I get it. But they they should have been left out, you know. And just as you go through, there's numerous examples. the The following year, the Big Ten just beat the shit out of each other. Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, they ended up five, six, eight. You know, I, I completely skipped over the the first inaugural CFP, Baylor and TCU because they didn't have a championship game. Like what? <clears throat> it's just it's just weird. But you look at eight, you know, one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. And if teams get their name in the hat and can be on that stage, I do believe that will help recruiting. And you'll get to see a little bit more parity. You'll see – it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in one season or two seasons. But, you know, over the course of three, four years – If teams are giving these opportunities, you're going to see kids that are like, well, I could be the guy at Baylor or Wisconsin or TCU or Penn State. I can be the guy. And that'll get us to the playoff and we see what happens. Whereas I, I do believe there's an element of, well, I can be the almost guy for Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State and we'll go. and." It's going to be okay. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I I really like the number eight. Because then you look at 10. Same deal. You got buys. Like, you, you're, set, you're stacking the deck. You got buys set up. Then you, you go to 12. That is just more buys. It's done. It doesn't work. It may, okay, you get more teams that are at the top. And then 16. That's just too many because, I mean, when you start every year, if you look at the 16th-ranked team, like in, what, 2014, the, the 14, 15, and 16 were UCLA, Arizona State, Missouri. Uh, no. Like, they're not getting in. You know, you look at 15, the number 16 team was Northwestern, who actually beat Stanford, who was on the outside looking in, but the 16 team was Northwestern, and I'm, I'm sorry they ended the, they were 16 when they played. They ended season 13, but uh, Oregon and Oklahoma State were 15 and 16. I just the, when you get that far down, it's what ends up happening in that scenario. Talking about 16 teams is you know 14, 15, 16, uh, even 10 are likely not deserving. You have to really do some bending of things to make it fit. Like, oh, yeah, I could see that. That's not what we're looking for. But the other part of the, the 16 is if you got 16 teams, okay, are we going to shorten the regular season? Because that's going to end up being a lot of games. You know, 16's got to play one. And it, then you got to get down to eight and four. It's just – it's what four more games, right? Yeah, it's that's that's a lot for to test of college kids. So you got that element, and then that also whether the regular season stays or gets reduced, it kind of changes the regular season to the point where if you got a guy who's not maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking this thought. But I I can see it happening. You're eleven and one <clears throat> I say eleven and one, that's at the end of the season. You're nine and one. And they reduce it by one game. So you're you got eleven games. You're nine and one. You're firmly planted <clears throat> in the playoff. And you've got a guy who's not a hundred percent. And you know what? Let's we're gonna sit in this game because it, the game doesn't mean anything anymore. We're already in the playoff, and you know maybe everything's set up. You're not gonna move. Win or lose, you're in your spot, and that's it. So I don't like the 16 for that reason. It I just think uh, you, you're going too far down the totem pole of who deserves it, who doesn't. And then, you, you, like I said, you run into uh, the, you're devaluing the regular season, which is not what I want to happen. Um, so, circle back. Eight teams is the number. Eight teams is 100% the number. I already I it I'm looking to list all the the you know nine through 16 as to why they don't deserve it. But if we go through, you look at all these years. You know, I already mentioned 2014 Baylor TCU. Like, they each had one loss because they didn't have a championship game? That doesn't make any sense. And the thing about the eight is perfect because there's five power five conferences, right? And every year, every year one of them gets left out automatically, sometimes two, but you're automatically, one of them is out. Not happening. So what you get, now, what I'm going to say, um, you know, the top five Aren't automatically the five conference winners, but I think the five conference winners should get in. Then you can seed them accordingly. You know, so if the Pac-12 or Big Ten or Big 12, whoever, somebody's weak, if a weak like conference, it's not strong, but they win it. Okay, maybe you put them at six or seven, not five, four or five. You know, but they're still in. They won the conference. They're in. I think that would actually make The regular season more valuable, in that sense, and then that leaves three at-large spots. And Notre Dame, I think, would still have to do the things they've been doing and got to pretty much go undefeated. You know, maybe one loss gets that at-large spot, but if you look through over the years, Notre Dame has only once been in the five to eight range, and that was uh, 2015, where we got destroyed by OSU in the Fiesta Bowl. But the three at-large spots would be gigantic for teams like, oh, I don't know, UCF in 2017 and 2018. You know, in 2017 where they were claimed a national championship because they beat Auburn and they they went undefeated. They had a good year. The following year they got as close as eight. This past year, COVID was a little crazy, made things a little different, but Cincinnati got all the way up to eight, and they put them just close enough to so they can wave to the teams that made it, but they're not in. But expanding it to eight gives a team like that the chance. Just gives them a chance, and teams can sell that. You know, yeah, you know, they're not the five star that's going to go to, you know, like use Florida, Central Florida, or Cincinnati. You know, you're not going to Ohio State or Florida or Florida State. You know, you're not that guy. But you're on the the cusp of the, the next tier. And the coaches can say, hey, listen, you know, we, we went to the playoff. We can do it again. You come here and, you know, do, their, do the whole sales pitch. Do the recruiting pitch. Get these kids into the school. Versus, well, I'm – I can get an opportunity at o s u It may take me a year or two, but I'm gonna be on t v and I'm gonna be in the college football playoff and at Cincinnati, I might be the day one starter but i and I don't, every kid's different you know I know I like to win uh, I'm not gonna lie I like to play too, but I like to win i I've been on a team where i'm I'm playing and we're losing every game. It's not fun. I'd almost rather have a slightly lesser role on a winning team. So, but if you can create, and I'm saying the winning, losing versus making the college football playoff and not, uh, I just think eight would really open the door for UCF, for a Cincinnati, for a Boise State, you know, and not have to force them to be in a Power Five conference. Which I mean, they, maybe they should, but you get really, really got to get a run of success, you know, to to be in that position. Like TCU took advantage of uh, being a smaller school in, in terms of the Power Five, but they got their chance for the Power Five now. But just the <clears throat> you go through every year, and five, six, seven, eight is just littered with teams that should have had a chance. 2017, OSU's there. Wisconsin there. Oh, Hmm. they They beat each other up. Oh, that sucks. You know, like... eh, Wisconsin lost to Ohio State by six points. They only had one loss. They only had one loss. But... It was to Ohio State, so... Who also didn't... like why should they not have a chance? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And then oh, wait, the reason Ohio State didn't go is they lost to Oklahoma. Okay, but they had that big loss to Iowa if you remember that that year. You can't lose big. They were eleven and two. So like, then it's completely done. <clears throat> and the number eight team. I thought this was funny. In two thousand seventeen, the number eight spot was USC, who. The, they just they were they lost to Notre Dame forty nine to fourteen, then they lost to Wazoo, and you got a team and again whether they were eight uh or ten or fifteen it doesn't matter in this year because eight was nothing eight was just you were ranked 8. but they lost big to Notre Dame they lost to Wazoo, and the and USC ultimately loses to Ohio State in their ball game but. That eight spot should have been UCF if we're doing it to where the eight eight teams and the eight spot gets in, you know, based on this setup. Which I I what they should do is okay. These are the eight, and and five of them, like I said, are Power Five winners, the conference winners. So there's five, and then you get your three at large, and then you seed them how you. Again, feel fit, not just automatically you won the conference, you're one you're one, two, three, four, five. You know. Uh, but you see, you keep going down the list and eighteen. Uh, you know, you had Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. <clears throat> Problem with that year, if you were Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan, 2018, was you had three undefeated. And as I mentioned earlier, if you go undefeated in a power five conference, especially, but I think if you go undefeated in D one football, you should get a chance because there were actually four undefeated that year. UCF was undefeated. They ended up eighth, but eighth isn't good enough in the current system, the current format. So what what's the point of that? And then you look at Ohio state again, three undefeated makes it really hard to, to sneak in, but Ohio State had a big loss to Purdue. Oh, can't lose to Purdue. Shame on you. And you probably shouldn't lose to Purdue. I'm not going to say they, like, that's unfair. But <clears> the <throat> fact of the matter is, just because of one loss to Purdue, your whole season's squashed. You can't you can't have one bad game. There's The regular season is too valuable in that regard. You know, because Oklahoma got the nod over Ohio state in that situation. And then Michigan, uh, they they lost two games, uh, lost Notre Dame, uh, and Ohio state, Ohio state was big. Notre Dame wasn't, uh, such a big loss, but they did lose two games, but they were to two very good teams. One of which was in the playoff. The other only had one loss and probably should have been in the playoff. So, uh, you could argue, well, they played two playoff caliber teams and lost both times, <clears throat> and that's fine. Okay, fine. That's what happened. Then let's let's put another team in that spot. There's just so many clear arguments, but this year, five and six. I mean, uh, and UCF going undefeated, but Georgia lost to LSU, Alabama. Okay, that's not terrible. Worst things have happened, and you know they don't get the the chance. Uh, and then going to 2019, nobody's beating LSU that year. I think we know that. But again, three undefeateds. It makes it hard to sneak in. When, when you get three undefeateds in D1, it's hard to get in. And course, Oklahoma got that fourth spot. <clears throat> Partly because the other undefeateds were from a conference that bumped out another conference. Ohio State bumped out Wisconsin. LSU bumped out Georgia. But this year, you got Oregon and Baylor. And Oregon lost two games by a combined nine points. Lost by six to Auburn and three to Arizona State. And two losses. Like, it just... I get why they didn't get in that top four. But I also can... Sympathize with them as to why they should get a chance. Like that's That doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. And Baylor. There's Baylor again. Imagine if they made the playoffs that they were close on, what they could have done for their program to continue the success and run that they were on. Um, they've taken kind of a dip a little bit. But their two losses were to the same team, Oklahoma, by a combined total of 10 points. And I realized Oklahoma made the playoffs, so you lost a a playoff team twice. But they're they're close enough. They've got an argument. And then uh, Wisconsin, they were the eighth spot. They lost to Ohio State twice, who was in the playoff. I just – I go through this. And then this year – excuse me. This year was wild just because of COVID. But, you know, A&M, OU, Cincinnati all had pretty legitimate arguments – to be included, to get a chance. But in the current format, I think we all understood the top four were the top four. And in most of these years, the top four were the top four. And you can understand why those four teams were those four teams. But you can also understand why Baylor and TCU, Iowa and Ohio State Penn State, OU, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Georgia, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, a and m OU, Cincinnati, UCF. Well you can understand why all these teams are sitting there going, well, why don't we even get a chance? Like I, I don't it's so messed up because what they're not realizing is what's exactly happened the top teams have separated themselves so far and away that there's no opportunity for it to be competitive in most cases. But if you expand it to eight, I think that door opening for teams like I just listed would pay dividends in terms of recruiting and creating a more competitive college football atmosphere so I think eight's the answer and if you want to talk the money the thing that I focus on <clears throat> yeah sorry my throat um is that people talk about the the money and it, it the four big bowls get their game that's the part of I don't why not just do eight already because you're going to get the rose you're going to get the fiesta you're going to get the sugar you're going to get the cotton they all get their big bowl game right and then you got you go from eight, so you got four games, and you got two, and then how you know every year it rotates. Like let's say the one year it's the the Rose and the Cotton that get the semifinal game, and then the next year it'll be the uh, who did I leave out? Maybe the uh, Orange Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl or Sugar. Who am I leaving out? But. See, there's there's enough bowls to go around, is and, and big bowls at that, you know. There's enough big bowls to fit. And I'm throwing the cotton ball in there, but it it should be the orange, the sugar, the fiesta, and the rose. Um, and then you just rotate the the, the national now the national championship stage that can be one of those things that is some years it's in. Dallas at the Cotton Bowl or it's in Indianapolis at the uh, Lucas Oil or it's in Vegas or wherever. You can rotate that spot, but you got four major bowls that can be huge for them, the teams. I just – eight's the answer. Eight is 100% the answer. I don't know when it's going to happen, but – You've heard my reasoning. Uh, if you agree or disagree, let me know about it. At 5FootNothingPod on Twitter or 5 foot nothing Pod at gmail.com. Let me know if uh, you agree with me if eight teams is the answer or if you think the six or the 10 or the 12 or 16 is the way to go. Um, I think any system with a buy is a bad idea. I just think that Stacks the Deck, can, and even though you let a few more teams in, you're still benefiting the, the top teams, and then 16 is just way too many. There's not a there's not 16 good enough teams that deserve a chance, and then that dilutes the regular season too much. And uh, so eight's the number. Eight's the number. You get your bowl games to so each get a, a bowl game every year, a major bowl game, a big bowl game that will get viewership. You know. So, let me know what you think. That's my feeling and thought on college football playoff expansion. And finally, we get to the Notre Dame spring game, which comes up on Saturday. And I'm looking forward to it, but I I, I don't know what to expect. <clears throat> I really don't. What I'm really looking for, and I, it's a spring game, so what's it going to look like as is it, is it a glor, it's a glorified scrimmage yes but what, what kind of efforts are we going to see because we got a lot of guys who we don't know a lot about especially at the wide receiver position and the cool thing is if you guys don't know this year uh, in the past they've done like the screwy point system where like defense gets so many points for stops and forced punts and things and it's going to be a football game this year. It's going to be blue versus gold. Now I don't know what the rosters are going to look like. Uh, the my only the only thing I want to see is that our projected starting five offensive line and projected starting quarterback, which I guess would be Cone, are on the same side. I uh, maybe not with the quarterback, just the the offensive line. That is so imperative that we get that. Right, We get that correct and stable and strong for week one in Tallahassee. That is so imperative. So in a game-like situation, which we're going to see on Saturday, you need those five guys who are going to be playing together to play together. You can't be mixing them up to balance out the talent on the teams. That's That doesn't do anybody any favors, uh, in my opinion. So I hope that's the one spot that you're not – you know, mixing in guys just to check them out—at least not to to start this whole thing, right? But the the biggest benefit of the spring game is the wide receivers. We have so many wide receivers. I've said it a million times. You've got Austin and Lindsey and Keys and uh, Davis, not to mention Johnson and Styles and Watts. It's There's so many receivers, you can't play seven receivers on the field at a time. But with a spring game, you can definitely split them up and they're all going to get some reps. They're all going to get opportunities. And you expect one side to have Cone, the other side to have Pine, who are competing for the starting job. So it's not like there's a nobody throwing them the football. You're going to get to see what they can do. And I'm anxious to see it. Having said that, what is the it we're going to see? Because uh, if you heard, Tommy Reese has come out and said that we need to be more explosive. We need to get <clears throat> the ball in the hands of our playmakers. And it's not going to be the offense you, we've seen because we've got new guys. It's a new quarterback. da 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 Okay, that sounds all good and well. Are we going to see that in the spring game, though? I don't know. Because a lot of the – I thought about this quite a bit. You don't want to go out and do everything in the spring game. That's that's kind of silly, because then you're just giving Florida State and every other team we play next year um, a free look at our offense against ourselves. So that that might be counterproductive. You know, I do want to see some shots though. I want to get an idea that we're thinking about it, but I don't want to see every home run shot we've got. I I don't want to see that. Um, I want there needs to be some element of surprise for the opposing team, not just our guys in a different color jersey. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like let's let's not be too crazy. So maybe it's gonna be a little vanilla uh, at times, but it is the spring game, and much, it's much like spring training in baseball. You you want to see some things, but you don't want to you don't want to see everything. You don't need to see everything, especially the coaches don't. You know, yeah, it's going to be televised and we as fans want to see everything we could possibly see, you know, but it's kind of funny. Like, I don't know how it's going to go if the offense looks vanilla and doesn't do a whole lot and Marcus Freeman's defense shuts him down. I was like, oh, same old, same old, great defense, no offense. But then if we come out and be super explosive and uh score, 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 score. Now we're thinking, okay, well, shit, what did Marcus Freeman do? It's it's a weird dynamic. Um, so I don't know what my expectations are other than I want to see every receiver on the field running routes doing something. I might be – I played receiver. I might look at them a little bit more because that's a spot where we need, we need the playmakers out there. They really do. Uh, make sure to see what Blake Fisher can do. On the O line, as well as the other four guys, and trying to figure this out and gel and be a little cohesive, you know. And I do expect to see a couple plays that give you an idea, like, okay, all right, we're we're going to do some slinging of the football this year. That's exciting. So you know, we'll see. And I do expect the hashtag the Freeman factor to be on full display. You're gonna, I think, you're gonna see a lot of defensive formations um just to give us an idea of what we can expect you know going forward with uh freeman so spring game saturday i think it's 12 30 eastern eleven thirty 30 my time and i did look into this fellas peacock app uh it's an app but it's peacock tv You can and will be able to watch the Notre Dame spring game for free. So you don't even need to subscribe to any like other, they have like a $4.99 or $9.99 a month package. You don't have to do any of that. It's going to be, I looked it up, um, downloaded the app on my television. Just checked literally before I sat down to record this. And it's already go to sports, live events. Notre Dame spring game is right there May 1st. So you will be able to watch it. I don't know if it's, uh, something you can DVR. I don't believe that's a uh, a feature. So you're gonna have to probably watch it as it happens. Oh no! Like you have to watch TV like it's the '90s. <laughs> but so you can get the game, and uh, I, barring um, some sort of catastrophic setback, I will be sitting in front of my TV watching it. Because I'm I'm curious. I want to see what we got and what we can look forward to next year. Because after the spring game, that's it. And Notre Dame football is on a little bit of a break. So, well, thank you all for listening. That's all I've got today. Uh, Let me know what you guys think of the expansion, uh, college football playoff expansion. The overtime rules, if you think the starting from the 50 is a cool thing, I think that would be helpful. But uh, playoff expansion needs to be 8. And no name spring game, Saturday, 11.30 Central Time. We're going to get to see our new explosive offense on Peacock TV. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. 5-foot nothing, 100-nothing, out.